0: What's your favorite liturgical season? I can think of arguments for any of them as they're all so rich in ways to draw us closer to the Lord. Still, when I was a new Catholic and I asked that question of some well-seasoned fellow parishioners, I was surprised at the most popular answer I got. I'll let you know what it was coming up next.
1: Helping you grow deeper on your spiritual journey. Welcome to the Inner Life with Patrick Conley.
0: Welcome to the Inner Life, an hour where we seek to develop our love of the Lord and open ourselves maybe just a bit more to His will in our lives. My name is Patrick Conley, and I'm grateful that you've joined us. I came into the Catholic Church with some familiarity with the different liturgical seasons through my involvement with the Anglican or Episcopal tradition. And the liturgical calendar had always intrigued me. Yes, I'm a bit of a liturgy nerd that way. I own it. So I set myself to asking a few of my new Catholic friends, what's your favorite liturgical season? And I was surprised how many of them boldly and proudly answered Lent. Really? Lent? This season of self-denial, penance, detachment, fasting, abstinence? I found it, at least initially, hard to believe, which probably says more about my own selfish inclinations. I didn't get how this somber season could make the top of so many people's lists. But one huge thing that I didn't get is that Lent is a season of joy. Yeah, a season of joy. If you're wondering how that could be, And how to practice your Lent more joyfully, you're in the right place. Today on The Inner Life, we're exploring all that it means that Lent is a season of joy. Here to help us along on the way is our joyful spiritual director, Father Michael Hurley O.P. Father Hurley is a Dominican priest from Pacifica, California ordained in 2007 and served in parishes on the west coast and currently he's the pastor of saint dominic parish in the archdiocese of san francisco where he's been since 2013 father hurley great to be with you
1: good morning patrick it's great to be with everyone
0: yeah excellent all right so father i i it, with, there's no expectations that you answer in accord with what i was just saying but i gotta know what's your favorite liturgical season father
1: <laughs> is halloween an option <laughs> no, very T-Z. T-Z. no it's, it's it's funny you get it different you know each each one, yeah, this is going to be a very um political answer but i i do each one of them has such um you know wonderful engaging kinds of ways i mean it's for, for me it's pretty easy though it's 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 and most people perhaps not think of it as a whole season but it's the triduum because yeah. as as certainly as as pastor it's it's that moment when you go through in those three very uh, tightly compact moments within 72 hours you go from you know holy thursday and the gift of the sacrament of my own priesthood and that sense of uh, the washing of feet through the passion the death and then the resurrection which is uh, comes to life for me when uh, i'm able to baptize confirm and give first holy communion to all those who enter the church this year you know nearly wow. 50 folks here and it's just as oh. a pastor there's nothing there's nothing quite as amazing as journey with folks you know for as we've been going for you know you know 8 or 9 months uh in some cases and now this is that big day so it's it's kind of like the whole of the spiritual life in this little concentrated 72 hours so for me in a very personal way mm-hmm. every, especially since I've become pastor that that triduum those 3 days are like uh, Easter Monday you know often family or friends or people who know me well will be like you are you're on a high like you're on, there's <laughs> it's like there's like right. it's like truly both 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 a, a kind of physical maybe this, but a euphoria on 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 those days. So so Trid one, which is certainly connected to Lent, uh, is, uh, is all right. For me well, the,
0: the fair job. enough. What an honor, and I think I can't I can't uh, down I can't denigrate you for that. I think that that, <laughs> you make a good a great argument, especially as a priest. And I got to yeah. say though, Father, I mean, I. Yeah. I I think I I still lean into Advent. I I, I yes. have to admit it, but at sure. the same time, Lent. I I have grown in my appreciation of Lent, <laughs> and I have entered more deeply into the the depths of Lent uh, in my my thirteen years now as a Catholic, and I'm uh, I'm grateful for that. But a lot of times we we might not think of Lent as a season of joy. But before we get into that, though, let's just define what we're talking about here. What is joy? I mean, what what are the marks of joy?
1: Yeah, no, So, so uh, joy is—I'll uh, use uh, being a Dominican. I'll go right to St. Thomas Aquinas. and right. Kind of paraphrase, <laughs> but but joy is the effect of love. So, in other words, whenever you are in the presence of one you who who's who you love, or in the presence of someone who is connected to that which you love so you have that shared sense of communion in that way joy is the effect it's it's interesting because it's not something you can actually choose you can't choose joy directly uh, mm. it's the effect of being in the presence of the one you love so it's it's if you will the afterglow of love if you will, it's the effect of it and so um it's and i'm sure we'll get into this but it helps to know that it's is especially when aquinas makes a distinction between um if you will uh emotional joy and spiritual joy but spiritual joy is all about the presence of god in one's life even in the midst of what else whether whatever else might be going on so Mm -hmm. the effect the first effect um or one of these key essential effects of Being in the presence of God or God being in our presence and our recognition of that is a joyful heart and mind.
0: Yeah, well, it's already starting to make more sense to me. So I hope it is. I hope that's, that's Well, St. Thomas Aquinas, you know, let's uh, continue to yeah. lean on him for, uh, for some good clarification. Yeah. Yes, thank you for sharing that. Father Michael Hurley, OP, is yeah. our spiritual director today. As we're talking about Lent as a season of joy, is there a way that you experience the joy of Lent? When did you, maybe like myself, you've grown in your appreciation of the joyfulness of this season? Give us a call. We'd love to hear from you triple eight nine one four nine one four nine is our number here at the Inner Life triple eight nine one four nine one four nine, or send us an email inner at Well, Father, if uh, if that's the case, that, that uh, really joy, spiritual joy, is the effect of love. Um, then clearly Lent has a lot of ways for us to understand and encounter the love of God. Do you want to just uh, maybe delineate those a little bit? Just, Just give us a little explanation of some of the ways that we encounter God's love specifically during the season of Lent.
1: Absolutely. Thanks, Patrick. And I, I think we, we know the kind of the three spiritual resources uh, that we have is, as you mentioned, which can be daunting. And I I, I I am with you in the sense of from an emotional standpoint, or even a psychological standpoint, Lent can be daunting. It's like, yeah. oh, but, you know, I, you always get to the like, like, I always say the first Three or four days of Lent are like a, a soft opening of a restaurant. You're still trying to figure out, okay, right. what am I giving up? How am I praying? <laughs> like, what's going on here? And then you hit, then you hit this, this, this kind of time of Lent, and I, I this is why I think the church uh, gives us uh, the, the Great Laetare Sunday, mm-hmm. where it's kind of like that sense of like joyful Sunday, because it's trying to remind us when we hit, I call them the Doldrums of Lent, where you either you, whatever you've you, you the different practices in terms of prayer fasting and almsgiving it's either starting to get purchased and if you're actually doing it it's maybe becoming a little bit wearisome like oh brother where is there a light at the end of this tunnel (laughs) and or we've fumbled so much we're ready to frankly just kind of throw up our hands and say this lent was a bust we're we're, you know just we're going to give up and and scrub it all yeah just just scrub exactly so it's really at this key moment then of Lent, right where we are right now, where there's a kind of, if you will, opportunity to refresh and to remind ourselves of that joy. That's why we have that, as I said, mentioned that Lentary Sunday, where we can rededicate ourselves to what did we, or maybe put it more uh, pointedly, what has God called us to in deeper intimacy of prayer. Maybe he's asked us uh, to and we feel that inspiration to maybe pray the rosary or a decade of the rosary or uh, enter into some kind of particular novena uh, prayer for myself this year. I was inspired. Someone asked me to pray for him in a very specific way uh, to to uh to Saint Teresa uh, who I was you know who's I've had a mixed relationship with a little the little flower just because well she's she, she's a doctor of the church and she's yeah. wonderful but it's a little sentimental but it's so powerful. I, I can't I can't deny the fruit. So uh, this says more about me probably than if, you know. No, I like well I have minus. to say Father <laughs> if, if I could say so
0: let me just say that I know Please. many many Absolutely. Dominicans who, who feel the same way about the little flower. <laughs> so you're in good company I think. Yeah, no. no but, but, I'm sorry. But please I'm just,
1: continue. I, no, no. Actually, please get it better. I, I know this. Dynamic, and it's great joining you. I know this is our first time together, so I'm, I'm, I'm happy to, uh, to have a conversation this way. But I'm. I, it was the kind of thing where um, that prayer was kind of inspired, and I see it bearing fruit. And I'm like, okay, Lord, you know, let me keep going on this. And in in a way, uh, let me not put my own sense of like what I think. I should be doing in front of what you're calling me to do. So that sense of prayer. So there's one example. Or again, fasting. The fasting we do. The things that we give up, as good as they can be. You know, things that aren't necessarily evil, but just do I really need? You know, uh, the sweets or this particular food or or um, uh, the time on you know all the time I perhaps um, waste away on, on on my screen or something like that. Can I can I say no? It's something. Even if it's not a bad thing, in order that I might have an open heart to. Be as, as you said at the opening, a, a little more thoughtful about others. That I kind of re, uh, kind of position my horizon <laughs> of life. Not just what am I getting out of this? What do I have to do? But what's the Lord calling me to do? And then finally, that sense of giving. Well, traditionally, we call almsgiving, but, but just we walk into a situation, and there's always an opportunity to be a blessing to others. There's always that opportunity. Unfortunately, I know when I arrive on the scene, it's usually like, okay, what do I got to do? What do I got to get done here? <laughs> what's yeah, what's right. my project? And what Lent does, and this is why it's so challenging, it calls us and it invites us and gives us the opportunity to arrive on the scene, so to speak, in our lives, our routine, and say, what have I missed? What goodness does God want me to be for someone else and even even perhaps maybe for myself that I've been missing because my expectation is all about how I think this is going to go and not how the Lord once calls me to give. And we know that we've responded to that. We know that we're on the right track when without even our willing it or summoning it. We experience that spiritual joy in our life. Spiritual joy is like the, if you will, the, the the you said the canary in the coal mine kind of thing. Well, it's the opposite of that. It's the mm-hmm. the canary that sings, if you will, and says, "Yes, you're you're in the presence of the Lord. Yes, you're on the right track." Amidst perhaps great suffering, challenge, and travail, uh, the Lord is present, yeah. and that a joy is, is is has a sense of fullness in our lives.
0: Well, and you bring up a great point right there, Father, is that. Uh... In in Lent, we're constantly looking to. I mean, we start out really focusing on Jesus in the in the wilderness, in the desert, fasting, praying, tempted, um, you know, those sorts of things. So he's he's not necessarily you know he's not experiences all the comforts of 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 life, certainly not. And then we we end with about the most excruciating pain that you can think of, with the scourging and with the um, with the passion of our Lord, right? And so, where how does joy persist in the midst of these of trials, of temptations, of suffering? I mean, how does it? How does how does that actually maybe even help us move deeper into joy?
1: Absolutely, it's it's a great question, and, and maybe just to first go back to our acquaintance and just remember. It seems simple, but that joy is not simply an emotional state of being. So he talks about emotion, emotional joy, I'm I'm paraphrasing here, but emotional joy as something that we naturally, um, you know, experience as human beings when we're in the presence of any good thing, right? You could, like, for example, if it was, you know, if it was a birthday, if we were celebrating a birthday today, it's a great day to celebrate a birthday, frankly, and if you were celebrating a birthday, uh, you would have, you know, people calling you, wishing you, you know, many happy returns. You perhaps would have, you know, some kind of a fun food or sweet and, and presents and, and sort of like that. And so it's kind of like birthdays can be joy filled because they in a celebration of of life and, and that sort of thing. So there's an emotional, you know, contour to that. But when Aquinas talks about spiritual joy, he's not simply talking about what touches our emotional life but which touches our spiritual life that is the core of of who we are and here's where the Lord gives a very I think practical example in the gospel of John when he talks about uh, a woman who is pregnant and in labor right so I you know I I, I obviously myself don't I never have that experience but if you ask someone about a joyful moment I don't think, Uh, Many women will first go to mothers will go to the moment one for nine months when I felt, you know, sick in the morning and perhaps had particular cravings and perhaps had cramps and pains and the actual, you know, multi-hour experience of the birthing. And yet, so that's not an emotionally joyful time. And yet they can look back and say, you know, that the birth of their young child As a a sense as coming forth from that process is that which fills them with a joy that can't be quenched not just an emotional experience but but the truly being in the presence of this new life and that process of that new life coming literally to birth Mm -hmm. is all part of the joy that sustain them. Through that period of time, and this is what the Lord says, just mm. as He says, see, His disciples, right now you were, you're pregnant in the sense, right? Just as a woman who is in labor experiences sorrow, right? You will, she experiences joy, and so to you, as I go through this passion, as you experience, it will sorrow, um, that sorrow is not incompatible with the spiritual joy of my presence in your life, and ultimately, mm. uh, my my resurrection, my conquering.
0: Mm-hmm. Who, for the sake of the joy set before him, endured the cross? Right. I mean, that yes. just follows. Yeah, Absolutely. follows right on. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Our spiritual director today is Father Michael Hurley, OP, from Pacifica, California, initially, but now serving as the pastor of St. Dominic Parish in the Archdiocese of San Francisco. And uh, if you have a story of how this has been a joyful season, maybe this very Lent has been a joyful season for you. Give us a call, join the conversation. Triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. Father, let's go to the phones. We've got Chris, who's calling in from New Brighton, Minnesota. Chris, welcome to the Inner Life. Thanks for calling in.
2: Oh, well, thank you, gentlemen. Patrick and
1: Father. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yeah, you know, I, I love this season, and, and as I've grown in my faith, it just continues to reveal itself every year. And over the last couple of years being an RCIA sponsor as I've been, watching, you know, through their eyes has really opened up this season to find the true joy of the meaning, you know, from Thursday night supper with the Lord to, you know, Good Friday and the Tenebrae. To the beautiful, uh, you know, Easter Vigil. It has just been a, a, a one day after another, such a joyful journey to watch it, especially through the eyes of these catechumens. Hmm uh absolutely and I, I i exactly resonate with what you're saying chris because i have the same experience the privilege to do that um how many years have you been a sponsor because i, I really I, I i know sponsors have their own kind of journey uh with folks because uh especially if they've been connected to the church it's it's a it's a rich kind of thing how many years have you been a sponsor so i've been the last two seasons which has just been a beautiful gift nice nice <laughs> fantastic yeah. It's great stuff yeah, and, it's uh, been... please go
0: ahead, Chris no no, no i I wasn't go ahead, please well I was just uh, I was just gonna say i I too have had that experience and uh, also being a, a director of RCA for a while too i've I've really seen that, and that has been just I think one of the one of the greatest celebrations too is is again. For the sake of the joy of you know what's coming at Easter and seeing that it just draws you all the more into the season of Lent. So, Chris, great story. Thank you for that. And, uh, too, Father, I'm I'm recognizing that, uh, you know, part of what he's doing, part of what Chris has been doing is giving of himself. You know, he's he is practicing love. They're receiving love, and it leads him into this, into this spiritual joy, right?
1: Absolutely, I think, and as it sounds like you've had experience yourself, there there is quite a responsibility if you take that seriously right. to, yeah. uh, but journey with someone because the questions uh, folks have and the struggles they have, they they almost become your own. I mean, even if you know I've been kind of like Catholic all my life, you know, it's kind of like someone struggling with a particular doctrine, a particular. Um, Uh, Teaching of the church, and certainly, even though, like in terms of theology, we're on board with that to to kind of go through that suffering with them, or at least that sense of struggle and confusion, and say, okay, how's the Lord going to work here? Do I do I have the right answer? Can I say the right thing? How can I be helpful there? It's all part of that sense of our own, you know, it affects and shapes our own spiritual journey. And so I think there there's uh, two things are true. There's there's nothing that is uh, more informative or transformative to us than accompanying someone on their own journey that's just that's that's, that's, it's true you know you learn by by teaching so too We, we grow in our spiritual life by both accompanying and being accompanied by others, and 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 secondly, uh, the kind of uh, if you will, their struggles become our struggles, and they bring us to. I think I, I, I in some ways, people are like Father, you've taught. I mean, I've taught RCIA now for you know what, what almost twenty years, and it's it's the kind of thing where um, every year there's something new. There really is. I say it every year, mm-hmm. but it's kind of like mm-hmm. there's a new insight. There's a, the Lord. The Lord keeps uh, you know. Converting me, hopefully, and, and, and bringing me closer to him through bringing folks who, you know, come from perhaps either the first steps or even a little bit uh, closer to that uh, every, each and every year. So there's there's that sense of commitment to the Lord when we're accompanying people, which is so beautiful, especially in this Lenten season, in particular to this season. Right, absolutely
0: it is. We're talking about joy in the season of Lent with our spiritual director, Father Michael Hurley, OP. And there's lots of great stories out there. We'd love to hear one or two of them from you. So please give us a call, 888 9149 How are you experiencing joy this Lent, or how have you experienced joy in Lent's of seasons past? Why is Lent one of your favorite liturgical seasons? Because of the joy that is involved in it. 888 We're going to take a short break, but we'll be back. With more of the inner life right after this. Looking for a new job? How about one that offers you opportunities for spiritual, social, and charitable growth? Our sponsor, the Catholic Order of Foresters, is hiring new agents today. Visit relevantradio.com/forester, an Illinois Life Insurance Society. Not available in all states. That's the place to have it. Having that joy down in my heart, right? Well, my thanks to Nick Centovich, our producer, for that great rejoin music as we're speaking about joy in the season of Lent with our spiritual director, Father Michael Hurley. And we are, yeah, exploring all that it takes to make Lent a joyful season. Father, we got another phone call coming in. We've got Brenda who's calling in from Denver, Colorado. Brenda, welcome to the inner life.
3: Good morning, Patrick. Good morning, Father.
0: Morning. Thank you Good morning. so much
3: for taking my call here. Sure. I am experiencing the best Lent. I've been, I've been a lifetime Catholic, but this has been the best Lent I have been reading the Catechism in a year with Father Mike, and I am loving every second of it. And I vowed that I told God I would make it to church every day this Lent, and I have done that, and I'm going to continue going because I I just enjoy it. So much! I couldn't believe
1: it. Oh, fantastic! So those are the two and and...
3: <laughs> positive, positive things.
1: Those are tremendously positive, Brenda. I, I, and I, I'm so delighted for you because um, it sounds like you've been a Catholic for a while. But it's, the, it's the kind of thing where sometimes I would say Lent is just the kind of going through the motions or kind of doing things. But to you know, we come to a point in our life and to to know that the best Lent ever could be. This Lent is <laughs> such a, a hopeful and joyful thing. hmm
0: yeah. And that's exactly, I mean, that's, that's what we love to hear, Brenda, is that, uh, yeah, you've made a commitment to something and it is, uh, well, I hate to use the term, but it's paying off, right? I mean, it is, it is bringing that joy right into the season of of committing. And, and Father, going back to those those staple practices you already outlined for us, prayer, fasting, almsgiving, how those things can indeed lead us into joy. And I guess, I guess my follow-up question would be: Well, what what practical? Do you have just even just very simple practical steps, like Brenda just said, you know, committing yeah. to the catechism, committing to mass, um, other practical yeah. things that we can do to lead us deeper into joy?
1: Yeah, no, exactly. And I, I would just to stay on those for a second because those are not to be just you know, not that you are, but it's just a sense of um, uh, taken for granted. But just spending some time either in the catechism or in the scripture, just. Connecting with our faith because our our faith sometimes uh, we think of as simply being informative, like, okay, the church teaches this, this is what we believe. Okay. No, that the faith is meant to mm, transform our hearts (laughs) to be more loving, more generous, to be open to God's blessing and grace. And so there's a way in which, uh, as we say, uh, the old St. Jerome, ignorance of of, Scripture is ignorance of Christ. So to knowledge of Scripture, knowledge of our faith, knowledge of those mm, saving messages and that revelation from God actually changes who we are. When we read the Bible, we are conformed to Christ. When we read the catechism, we are conformed to the body of christ which is which is our lord through the church and then coming to church every day I, I usually say as you know even good practicing catholics sometimes can think okay i go to go to mass every sunday this is the lord's day it's like absolutely and it's interesting you say well you know we we do have masses not just on sunday but literally every day of the week and a different you know yeah. in the morning and in the evening and we try to make it accessible to folks and so maybe you know taking a little extra care uh to arrange schedule if possible to go to maybe if not mass every day of the week one or two times during the week because why it that's that sense of and and there's a different rhythm even if you go to a daily mass is oftentimes different than a a sunday mass in the sense of it's you know both the the time and the sense and there's a kind of hmm, simplicity or almost kind of uh reflective nature a daily mass can have because it's 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 usually in a, a, a kind of a more quiet footprint uh that is can really be um uh, transformative in its own way so just going to a daily mass making that time and really if you think about it what what do these practices do for us you know, they actually mm, make us think about how we're living life. And they force us sometimes mm. to change our routine or change our schedule. There's nothing that can be quite as transformative as saying, okay, I'm going to go out of my way or I'm going to take an extra moment here or there. I'm going to get a little up a little bit earlier. I'm going to, you know, take a little time of my lunchtime. I'm going to do something uh, that's intentionally um, connecting with our Lord in a way that's perhaps not, convenient right so to right. take the inconvenience of the moment to connect with the lord it has such as you say tremendous payoff why because it's it's uh, the lord is i think of it this way from the lord's perspective the lord is literally dying to love us he is mm. in a sense always eager to break into our lives and yet we can get stuck in our daily routines, and so to buy, in a sense by making our life a little more inconvenient, <laughs> in order to be open to him. How eager the Lord is to just rush in and fill us with like, if you want, over the top kind of blessings and presents, because we've in a sense we've given him a we've op- we've cracked the door open, and he's just gonna fling it wide open. So. I love so. <laughs> it. Yeah, I love it.
0: I love the phrase making your life a little more inconvenient. And I want to return yeah. to something you said earlier too, Father. And you said that uh, you know especially right now, right in the, kind of in the wake of Laetaria Sunday, we, it's not yeah. too late. We can double down. Oh. We can, uh, if you, if things have not gone as you had planned, we can still do things. And here, I mean, here's an idea. Uh, I don't know if, if, if you've heard this, if you, if you, uh, that you heard about the Pope Francis's general audience yesterday, he invited people to it's it's coming up on the Annunciation, right? Yeah. Saturday is the Annunciation, mm-hmm. and uh, right. when we consecrated the whole world, but especially Russia and Ukraine, to uh, to Our Lady, and he's inviting everybody to do it again. To um, he said, I'd like to invite each believer and community, especially prayer groups, to renew every twenty fifth of consecration to Our Lady, so that she who is Mother may guard us all in unity and peace. So I mean that's a great way of opening ourselves up, right, to the to the to generosity of the Lord. Let Him fling the door open, as you said, Father.
1: Absolutely, and just to maybe highlight that, I'm, I'm familiar, You might be talking about this, uh, you know, as we get closer to the actual day, but that Annunciation Day, you might argue, talking about liturgical seasons is, uh, if you will, top tier, because I, it's, I was talking to the kids, actually, a few months ago, and I said, uh, what, what's the best day of the year for us as Catholics And we got around? And of course, at the end of the day, we find Easter, right? That's the resurrection. There's nothing that beats Easter, right? In the sense sure. of, that's our resurrection day. But then, it was interesting, someone actually mentioned, you know, the people mentioned Christmas, and as I said, joking earlier, Halloween, and, and other things. One mentioned the Annunciation. And I said, why? is it? because that's when Jesus came alive on earth and how true that is. In other words, one could make the argument that Easter is, if you will, the fulfillment of what begins in the incarnation on incarnation day, on the the annunciation when the word became flesh. And and so in some ways, the two most important days in a kind of two foci of the uh, salvation (laughs) uh, ellipsis is Annunciation Day, so it's so fitting that the Pope has called us uh, to rededicate ourselves, you know, to especially to the Black and Heart of Mary, to that sense of peace, because she's the one that brings the Prince of Peace alive on that day. So, yeah, any any kind of devotions or consecration or, or prayers on that particular day as a solemnity for the Church is so powerful. So you might even it's a it's a Saturday of this year, and so you might actually, uh, you know, if if uh, you're able to just to to go go to the daily mass that
0: day. Yeah. Yeah, a great idea and a great opportunity I think to to honor and again let let Christ fling open the doors and fill yep. up <laughs> our our souls our spirits with the, with his joy. Father Michael Hurley is our spiritual director today as we're talking about Lent as a season of joy. If you have a way that you're experiencing joy this Lent, if you've seen the fruits of joy in your life this length, then please give us a call and join the conversation triple eight nine one four nine one four nine. We'd love to hear from you. eight 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 nine one four nine one four nine. 914 9149 You can also send us an email, inner life at relevantradio.com. Well, Father, one of the questions that pops into my mind as we' as we're thinking about this, um, and you you distinguished early on between more of a, an emotional joy and a spiritual joy, following after St. Thomas Aquinas and, and saying that there's there's something there. Um, but that's not always easy. I mean, how do we differentiate between those two? Um, what are the significant differences between an emotional joy and a spiritual joy?
1: Yeah, it has to do uh, ultimately with um, the presence of 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 God, of, of love, right? Love itself. Right, right. So, you know, so we that the things that bring us emotional joy, I think we can certainly are, can either be good or maybe even not so good for us, right? We can be emotionally joyful about something that is uh, perhaps not actually good for us in that moment, right? So, this is where, you know, things that have an addictive quality uh, can begin to poison our lives in that way. We have a little, if you will, kind of a uh, shot of, of, uh, <laughs> of kind of the serotonin, so to speak, and we've got, we've yeah. got that chemical release in our brain and that's that's actually connected to the kind of a euphoria we might feel or a, a kind of jubilation but 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 really spiritual joy and it can't come with emotional joy too they aren't necessarily uh, divorced from each other but that spiritual joy always brings them will not necessarily come with that emotional joy but it's it's connected it's being connected to uh, the source of all love that is God himself and so you, to, to kind of put it in the most starkest contrast here this year, you asked the question: Was Jesus joyful on the cross? Mm-hmm. Was Jesus joyful on the cross? And you think about that, and and the, our first reaction is like, well, no, absolutely not. I mean, he, right. he wasn't exactly seeming joyful. He did none of even his phrases and the uh, the words on the cross seem particularly filled with joy. And yet, and yet, that's just simply from an emotional kind of uh, of place. Uh, And yet we have to say that in in Aquinas and others will say that, that he was in a sense filled with joy. Why? Because he was doing his father's will in that moment. In other words, to boil it down, that joy is the effect of uh, the will of the father being done. And so this is when Jesus says, um, you know, as the father has loved me, so I have loved you. And he tells his disciples to abide in that love and how? by keeping the commandments by seeking the will of the father and he says if you do that if you abide in my love and just as i has kept my father's commandments i've done the father's will that my joy might be in you and your joy might be full in other words if whenever we're doing the will of god whenever we're at least seeking the will of god even if even if we you know it's not clear whether or not we're really doing it whenever we're seeking that we have a heart for as we say the are, Father, thy kingdom come, thy will be done. If we can truly, wholeheartedly say that and seek that will, that joy is going to be present, even if it doesn't feel like it. Why? Because we've united ourselves with our Lord, who always seeks his Father's will, and in that is our
0: joy. Yeah, fantastic. Oh, man, it's such good stuff. And the reason I was asking specifically about differentiating between an emotional joy and a spiritual joy, even though, as you said, they can come together, um, was that how do we know, I guess, what are some signs then that that we we can be sure that our joy is coming from the Lord because you know well, for instance, I'll just use the present moment. <laughs> so sure. I'm I'm enjoying this conversation with you, Father and that's, I <laughs> okay. mean there's there's joy there. I can feel it my, my spirit yeah. is uplifted and that sort of thing. but is this sure. just something because hey, it's a it's a great it's a great opportunity, it's a great conversation or is there I mean is the Lord you know giving us joy in the midst of this conversation?
1: Yeah. So once again, whenever we we ask, how do we know, uh, that's that's hardly ever a question we can answer in the moment, (laughs) right? So in other words, even the quietness, I'll give it a whole different example. How do we know we're in the state of grace? Aquinas says, actually, we we can't know definitively, but we always have to look back and see, are there are there fruits there? So in other words, how can we know that this is uh, goes beyond just this as most we we could clearly say and I can concur. This is just a wonderful, um, uh, uh, joyful conversation. I'm going to later on look and say, okay, what kind of fruit did this bear? (laughs) Right. And I may see some I may not. But in other words, we can only put it. We only have I'll put it this way. Clarity in the spiritual life only comes usually uh, in retrospect and shouldn't be the first thing we seek. In other words, if we're struggling to know, um, it's like, okay, maybe give that up as a project. (laughs) We just keep going, right? In other words, we choose what we, you know, with with well-formed conscience and and through the advice of, of others, good spiritual directors and others, we choose what we uh, discern to be God's will. But we should just leave it off. The like, how do I know for sure? I I don't. I know that's part of part of that That's why that's why it's faith, right? In that right. way. And so I would say we we, we joy there's as that song that, that we had, I have that joy down in my heart. I I think we have the experience of, and it comes because of the contrast of being in an emotionally difficult place in our lives. And yet still having that sense of, I don't say contentment, but that sense of resonance of joy. And usually I'll put it this way. Joy often doesn't come by itself, but it also comes with peace, joy and peace come together. So when the first, um, A moment when the disciples encounter christ after his resurrection they're of course in the upper room they're scared out of their wits they're fearful and then they see jesus and they're thinking oh he's going to say i told you so so their hearts are (laughs) and 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 what and what does he say he says he doesn't say any of that he says peace be with you and he gives them what we know now as the foundation for uh, all mercy and peace through the sacrament of confession and along with that their hearts are actually uplifted and so Peace and joy come together, Uh, and so you might detect, if you will, even in a difficult, challenging situation, that there is love present because there's not only maybe a sense of emotional joy, but there's also a sense of, if you will, spiritual peace of mind and heart, a kind of knowing that even though this is difficult, um, this is where God wants me in this time. This is exactly going to be the place where I'm meant to be as difficult uh, and as um, struggling as it is.
0: Yeah, yeah. recognizing the presence and the and the will, the leading of God in those in those moments. Well, again, our, our spiritual director today here on The Inner Life is Father Michael Hurley, and we are talking about joy in the season of Lent. If you have a story of how you are experiencing joy this Lent, we'd love to hear it. 888 is our is our phone number here at The Inner Life. You can also send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. Got to take another short break, but we're going to be back with more right after this. Stay with us. This hour is sponsored by St. Gregory Recovery Center, helping you or a loved one live a substance-free life. Information at RelevantRadio.com Gregory. That's RelevantRadio.com Gregory. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio on RelevantRadio.com and the Relevant Radio app. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, our producer, and Thomas Anguser who is taking your phone calls today. Our spiritual director is Father Michael Hurley, O.P., as we're talking about joy in the season of Lent. Father, it's Lent is oftentimes a time when uh, Catholics, we Catholics, we visit confession, perhaps even more frequently than we usually do. Is confession a... Uh, What would you say about this the relationship between confession and joy?
1: I I would say it's exactly how we we started the show, talking about how mm, daunting and difficult Lent can seem. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. yet, hopefully, by the time we come to Easter, we're like, Ah, thank God I did that. Or thank God this was such a springtime of 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 God's presence in my life as I as I learned a few uh, in a sense things about myself and come closer to the Lord. It's the same with confession. I I think uh, especially if it's been a while for folks. I'll just say directly to anyone who's listening, and if it's been more than a few months since you've been to confession. Come on back, because Mm. the Lord just wants you to, as I said before, just open that door of our heart by just admitting where we fail, being super honest with each other and and with ourselves and and, and with others. And how to put it, we know what we've done wrong. God knows what what we've done wrong. And so when people are like, oh, Catholic Church is all about Catholic guilt, I said, you know what? Catholic guilt is great because the sense (laughs) is, it it is, it's great because it, it means that we have a conscience that is leading us. And and those who say, oh, I have Catholic guilt, so I need to leave the church or not be pregnant. It's like, no, now all you've done is just got all the guilt, but nowhere to go with it. Coming to confession lets us let go of all that shame and guilt. and Let it go and receive what God is so eager. He's going to throw open that door to his mercy, and you're going to receive it. And I would tell you, if you walk into, I mean, this just... In the, in, the, in the past, you know, uh, during this Lenten time for me here in San Francisco, I can tell you from the other side of the confessional, just to give you a priest kind of perspective, how joyful it is for me to welcome people back every week, every week, people 10, 20, 30, 40 years that have been away from the church. And this is the moment when they come back and you're like, wow! It's like, yes, the angels are popping those champagne corks. There's a party <laughs> in heaven. There's a, there's, a, you know, right? It's, it's this, it's this wonderful celebration. And so I would say, you know, for those, if, if for those who make it a general practice, certainly it's a good time to go. But particularly for any listening, even if you're, you know, quote unquote, a good Catholic that's, you know, goes to mass all, you know, on a regular basis, but just confession seems like such a struggle. I would say, get yourself a good examination of conscience. Get yourself and even make a, an appointment if you, if you want or find a, a place that perhaps the priest doesn't know you. If you're feeling a little embarrassed about, you know, knowing the person, don't let any.
0: Oh, we might have we might have lost Father Hurley there, but uh, we'll we'll get back to him. And, you know, one of the things that I was just, just thinking about as Father was talking about confession and hearing confession where people are coming back for after 20, 30, 40 years. Oh, my goodness. I. Uh, I just I'm I'm thinking of the prodigal. Did that jump into your mind as well? I mean, the prodigal son returning home and the father just receiving him with such great joy. We had to rejoice, he said. In fact, in the in Luke chapter 15, where you've got uh, you've got both of the uh, parable of the lost coin and uh, the parable of the lost sheep as well. What does it say? But there there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous people who have no need of repentance. Father, are you back with us now? okay yes hi father sorry I, we we lost you for just a moment there but you know what 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 once was lost has now been found so we are grateful I'm sorry that about back. that well i think
1: i think that i was just i was just warming to let's go back to confession so i think there might have been a little a little gremlin in there
0: there might have been you never know that's very good that's very good well i tell you what father great great uh encouragement to come back come back to the sacrament of confession let's uh let's take another phone call father we've got Lori who's calling in from Wildomar, California. Lori, welcome to the Inner Life.
2: Well, thank you for having me. And thank you, Father. I was uh, listening to your pro- the idea of going to daily mass and offering it up and having a different idea of it's different than the daily or the Sunday mass. And I've been offering up my daughter, her situation to and I've been attending a daily mass with her in mind and just praying for her. She was uh, her situation was she was on the streets, um, um, druggy, uh, with an abusive relationship, and um, the first Saturday right after Ash Wednesday, she called us. We went and picked her up, and we made put her in a, a safe place away from that situation. And she's off drugs. We found a church community for her to join, and um, she's out of that situation. And it's it's a miracle. This is the joy. God is so good. He hears our prayers, and I just wanted to tell, tell you how beautiful that was. That that God would do such a thing and give us this joy during Lent.
1: Yes. Oh, what a beautiful story! Uh, what a beautiful story. Thanks. Thanks so much for sharing and and, and connecting it with that uh, with that experience of daily mass and that kind of. I I think of uh, Catherine of Siena, the Great Dominican, who uh, whenever she had a, a deep intention of of her heart would lay siege to heaven in other words would 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 bring all of the, her spiritual resource of prayers to the lord and it sounds like that's something that you've you've done in terms of asking the lord for this great gift and, and the lord's so eager to uh, to respond to it what a beautiful story
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, Lori, and thanks be to God, right? I mean, your your testimony hits home, I'm sure, with many of us, just in the encouragement that God hears our prayers, and he is so intimately involved with each of us in bringing us his love, his joy, his peace, as we've been talking about all, all along here on the show. Um, some really great things. Let's see. We've got Pam, who's also calling in from Wisconsin. Pam, welcome to The Inner Life.
3: Hi. I, I just wanted to share with you that my son hadn't been to confession since high school. He returned to Mass late last summer and this first week in lunch he went to
1: confession. Oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> All right. <laughs> that yeah. is so good. Yeah, and, and and was he was it daunting for him, would you say?
3: Well, I I had taken a class called return. And I mm-hmm. wrote a letter to all my kids asking them about their faith. And wow. he was the first one to respond.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> that is tremendous. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. So, oh, I'm so, I'm, I'm, I'm so, so, I'm so glad praying you had the...
3: For th- yes. Go ahead, oh, Pam. I'm praying for the other four. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Very good. Yeah, no, keep praying, and it's it's. I'm glad you had the uh, uh, both the the courage and the uh, the the the, uh, the um, response to our Lord to, to just reach out. And here's the thing: Yeah, Saint Monica, as you may know, prayed for many, many, yes. many years for her son. And so you keep being Saint Monica. Yes, <laughs> yes right. <laughs>
0: That's right. That's right. Pam, thank you for the call. Thank you for the encouragement as well. There's always hope. Whenever the Lord is involved, there's always hope, right? Uh, let's let's take another phone call here. We've got Susan who's calling in from the Twin Cities there in Minnesota. And Susan, just a few minutes left here, but uh, thanks for calling in.
3: Yeah, hi. <clears throat> hi, Father, and hi, Patrick.
0: Hello. Uh,
3: our our wonderful—oh, pri- oh, sorry. <laughs> our wonderful priest— um, suggested a boot camp uh, approach for us, and I'm, I'm in my car, so I don't know if I can remember all of them, but he suggested, you know, instead of just doing giving up things, to obviously give give some things up, and then to do more things, maybe go to daily mass more often, you know, uh, confession more often, uh, the rosary, um, to read scripture, uh, to do the daily examine, and to visit the sick. And I've never had a good Lent. I I can't remember. I mean, I can't remember. But this this particular year, I've got five people close to me that are quite ill, two with broken backs, one that had a stroke, and two that have life-threatening cancer. So I've been visiting the sick and bringing them communion, the ones that are Catholic, and visiting the others and spending time and it has changed my life because I've prayed to the Lord to have him show me how to love because I've never felt I've, I wasn't taught really how to love. And this has taught me how to love. And I, I'm having uh, the most joyful Lent I, I never expected. And I think it's because he's teaching me how to love.
1: Oh my gosh, what a beautiful story, Susan. And, and I, I think those corporal works of mercy, and you mentioned visiting the sick, uh, is so powerful. And it's mentioned by our Lord himself in Matthew 28, where he directly says, whatever you do <laughs> to the least, you do it to me. And He's he speaks specifically of visiting the infirm. So and not only is he, he helping you to learn to love, he's helping you to uh, love Him <laughs> and to receive His love and what a what a beautiful story. I'm so glad that you responded to uh, to that to, to that invitation opportunity to visit uh, visit those infirmed, especially bringing communion. How powerful that is.
0: Yeah. Once again, just giving of ourselves. When we give of ourselves and and let the Lord love through us. Wow. Joy is joy is the effect of love. Isn't that how we started the show, Father? Something like
1: that. <laughs> That's right. Full, full circle, you, Patrick. You must be a professional. You must be a professional here. You've run a full circle. Uh, I, I,
0: at least I get lucky every once in a while in terms of tying things back in. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's 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 a truly it's been a it's been a joy speaking to you. It's always a it's always a joy to uh, speak to. Uh, consecrated religious especially i see so much joy in the lives of the consecrated religious that i know so thank you father for for being a dominican thank you for being a priest and thank you for being on the show today as you know we always like to close the show with a blessing and i think it's about that time so if you would please father
1: love to so may the lord bless you and keep you may the lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you may the lord turn his countenance towards you and fill you with his joy and his peace and may the blessing of almighty god Father, Son, and Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you forever. Amen. Amen. Amen, Amen indeed. Well, Father, we,
0: uh, we're we just going to have to have you more and more on the show to talk about joy. <laughs> because joy Let's is just, it. it seems right in your wheelhouse. That's so it. has yeah. been great. You. Thank you, Father. <laughs> Well, we I, ho- I hope the show has brought you a little bit more joy uh, this Lent, and I hope that you're able to take that joy out and share it around, spread it around with others, especially as we look forward to the celebration of our Lord's suffering, the Lord's death, and our Lord's resurrection, of course, coming up in not too long now as we enter into Passion Tide. Thanks for joining us here on The Inner Life. Tomorrow, excitingly, we have faith and the arts. Interesting topic for tomorrow's show. Hope you can join us for that. Coming up right now, though, we've got Father Ed Looney who's going to lead us through the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Until next time, grace and peace.